Happy Monday, everyone. Happy Monday, everyone. And this is our show, Perspective with Chapal Vines. I apologize for the technical delay, but my um, was having issues with my camera. But we are rolling now, and I want to thank each of you for joining us tonight as we begin our new series for the month. Um, I'm Black and I'm Proud. So you heard that song two and a half times. The half came from when I was um, getting my camera squared away. So you should get it by now. Um, it's a great thing to be Black, and we should be proud of that. So hello to each of you joining us tonight. Um, at this time, if you would share this, if you would share this live, share this live, you will no longer hear me or anyone else say, start those watch parties because that option is lo no longer available. So uh, we'll talk about that in future episodes. But nevertheless, thanks to each of you for joining us. And before we go any further, I know that I've taken about a six-week hiatus, but I'm glad to be back on tonight. And after our last show, that was when uh, my company, Divine Vision Entertainment, we did our first virtual production. So I want to thank all of you for your support. Um, I see some of my actresses on. I want to thank each of you. I just want to thank each of you for supporting us in our venture. Um, that was our first theatrical production. And we've had heard so much great feedback. And I can guarantee you that will not be the last thing that we do virtually. So just stay tuned. But I want to thank each of you for your support. Many of you are still saying um, how much you've enjoyed it. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Kudos to each of you. So for our show tonight, not going to delay the hour. Two of our guests are ready to come in. So I'm going to go ahead and bring them in because we have a great show planned for you tonight full of surprises. So let me go ahead and bring these guests in. All right, so let me start with this beautiful lady at the top, and we'll start um, at the go back to the bottom. And like I said, Rhonda Robinson McKenzie, she'll be joining us shortly. So, Jasmine Barnes, um, connections they sometimes can be um, done in ways that you least expect. So, Jasmine and I actually met on Clubhouse, the new app that everybody's been talking about, and so. Let me go ahead and unmute both of my guesses, by the way. Um, and so for those who are wondering what Clubhouse is, it's a new social media app that's taking off just like that, but it's all audio. And currently, um, I know we've all heard a lot about it, but to take advantage of this app, you have to be on an iOS device, which would be an Apple um, iPhone or a tablet. But in the next three months, Android users get ready. You'll be able to use it as well. But um, Jasmine is a great um, vocal coach, singer, composer. She works at a performing arts school. But Jasmine and I met, and you would actually see what I mean before we end the show. Um, I was like, let me see what the praise is about Clubhouse. Still wasn't convinced. And one night I happened to be in a room where they were doing their own version of Apollo on Clubhouse. I got two words for y'all. Jasmine Bur Barnes sang, and she's on my show tonight. So again, before the show ends tonight, um, and I think Carrie already knows what I'm talking about. So um, before the show ends tonight, you'll definitely see why we had to have her on. But again, thank you for joining us and being a part of this series. And then at the bottom is my brother, my friend, poet Carrie B. And Carrie does 
a lot. I think that you would be um, surprised about. So first of all, he's a spoken word artist. He and his beautiful wife that's on my sis, Poetish the Queen, they actually are owners of the Majesty Lounge in Bessemer. If you're looking for fun, safe things to do during this um, pandemic, please support them. I will definitely allow him to share a little bit more about that business before um, we end the show. And then Kerry is also a faculty member of the Division of Humanities at Mao College in Birmingham, Alabama. So uh, very well-versed, just grateful to have him on. Thank you for joining me. And he is also the newest member of the Divine Vision um, Entertainment cast family. So we're definitely to have him a uh, part of that. And so thanks to each of you for joining us. So let's get into our conversation. And before I get started, I want to take the time so as our topic, you can see tonight is the dopeness of being black. And as I stated, this is a series. The series title is I'm Black and I'm Proud. So I know that many of you, you're saying, well, why he decided to go with that title? I don't even know what dopeness means. Well, I'm glad you asked. So dopeness is slang, of course. Slang means that it's a black folks term. It's defined as the characteristic of being dope, which dope basically means great and extraordinary. And so um, now that you see that, you should have a clear understanding of what the dopeness of being Black is. And our uh, model for perspective, you hear me refer to it, to, to it a lot, trust your dopeness, trust your dopeness. So basically throughout this month, whatever business ventures you decide to do, whatever path you decide to make, just trust that dopeness. You may uh, be fearful, but in the end, trust that dopeness because it's going to work out just fine and our last guest has joined let me go ahead and bring her in miss wanda robertson mckenzie hello hello thank you for joining us and rhonda needs no introduction y'all if you've been living in birmingham um in the last 10 years you definitely seen her um fox six news uh fox six on your side i just can't say enough and i have to say this that i know she's gonna get me for saying this but i just mean it Probably, um, in my opinion, one of the best female journalists locally, oh. and I'm serious because when she covered stories, she really put her heart in it. And then she went on to start her own PR firm, Online mm -hmm. Communications, and Rhonda has her own show, Solutions with Rhonda, which is a great show. And so we're just blessed to have her on. Well, thank you. Thank you, you are so welcome. much. You are welcome. So let's go ahead and get started with this conversation, because like I said, we definitely um, have some surprises that we will end the show with. So definitely want to make sure that we finish the conversation so we can make way for our surprises. So the first question, and we'll start with Rhonda, then we'll go to Jasmine, and then we'll uh, close with Kara B. That will kind of be our order for the night. So the first question to get us rolling, when you think of the beauty of black and how we should just love our race. Tell me what that means to you. Oh my gosh. How do you put that into words? Beauty of black, like our skin tones. We, we are like a rainbow of beautiful colors. Um, the beauty of black. We have so much talent, our culture. 
um, the beauty of black, our hair, the fact that so many of uh, us beautiful black women are embracing our natural curls. Um, wow, I, mean, I could go on and on about the beauty of black. You know, the beauty of black, even in this pandemic, how we are helping each other out. You know, I know people who are seeking Black-owned businesses because they want to support them because they know businesses are struggling right now. That's that's the beauty of Black. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Absolutely. Jasmine? Yeah, I, I'm just as dumbfounded of the Blackness. Like, I mean, the beauty of it really is just the fact that it's literally global. I mean, it's literally global. We we literally have form of blackness in every race. Like that, and when you really think about that, how we are rooted in all of the races, that we are the root of all of all races. I think it I think that in itself is really profound, just in knowing how much has come from our culture, how much has been rooted and born and birthed out of our soil. I think that to me, it's just so profound and it's just such a an honor to be a part of that, to be a, to, to know that that is what you are and and be proud of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think with the, uh, like my, my fellow panelists were saying, uh, it's so hard to try to put blackness in all in one box uh, because of the fact that we're so unique in every which way. Um, and even when somebody try to, you know, put in a can and sell it, you're only scratching the surface of blackness. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether it's our hair or the different skin tones or the different talents or the even different subcultures within our blackness. Uh, it's just beautiful to see, you know, uh, how everyone is connected uh, while also celebrating, you know, their uniqueness as well. Also well said. So this kind of takes us into our next question. Um, when it comes to our race and our heritage, when peoples of other races and or nationalities don't understand us, how do you approach that? Oh, man. Um, it's tough, you know, because and I have a unique perspective coming from a, a television reporter anchor mm -hmm. and then moving into the entrepreneur world. Um, black women can be strong. I'm a strong woman. And sometimes it's misinterpreted um, by people who don't understand um, as being aggressive or the B word or this or that. Whereas if I was a male, it would be celebrated. And so it's hard to explain to someone who may not understand the culture that maybe I'm not uh, a B word, I'm just driven. Maybe I just love what I do and I'm, I, I'm thinking about it when I wake up early in the morning and still got that same drive late at night. Or it could simply be that, you know, um, someone is just very blunt, 
you know, and I think if it's hard to, if you, if you grow up in a, in, in an area, maybe you're, you're, you don't get, have a lot of contact with people of other races, then all you have to go on is maybe what you see in a movie or what you see on the news. Mm-hmm. And so you have assumptions about people who look different and, um, and, and it's unfortunate because sometimes you're missing out on what could be a great relationship because you have these preconceived uh, notions. So, you know, I guess it takes patience uh, on both sides, um, but it is difficult. You know, I've had my struggles with that, you know, when I worked in television um, because I was very driven. I, I wanted to be an anchor. I didn't want to just be a reporter. I wanted to be an anchor. And when they made me the six on your side reporter, I didn't want to be just another six on your side consumer reporter. I wanted to be the best. And so um, when you want to be the best, um, people can perceive you in different ways. And sometimes it's not positive. Absolutely. Yeah, for me, um, I think it's miseducation and the spread of misinformation and miseducation and that being the ground basis for many educational bases around the world, actually. Um, there, no one's talking about in school the real truth. And especially, and I'm me, myself being a teacher, I definitely see the product of misinformation and miseducation and then them being enraged and upset because they find out the truth. And that's why we see just a big uprising in Gen Z. And so, you know, that that right there, when you are not informed of what is around you and you're stuck in your bubble and you, you don't even take the time to be empathetic or even admire empathy, I think that is what has what has killed all our understanding as a collective culture, as a collective. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have so many people that just really don't understand or really don't even know what's outside of their own communities. And that to me is a spread of misinformation and a spread of ignorance. And that ignorance manifests itself in multiple other ways where we see these hate crimes, where we see people storming the Capitol, where we see these, it all manifests in that same way. So from not knowing the lack of knowledge, not knowing, they make their own assumptions, right? That's what we do. We make our own assumptions on things we don't really understand. And then the next thing you know, they're acting on something that was based on an assumption in the first place. So I think if we could have healthy conversations and healthy dialogue about the truth, and how to move forward based on knowing the truth, this country and the world will be in such a much better place. But we first have to even talk. And that's the part where it's hard. We don't even get to talk, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jasmine hit it right on the head as far as misinformation um, that's being put out there. Um, We'll take it a step further. Uh, You can also make a case that uh, because the misinformation is out there, it's easier to go ahead and make assumptions mm-hmm. instead of you know understanding other cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I mean by that is that you know, for instance, you know, me growing up as a black man, uh, especially in uh, diverse neighborhoods, I'm automatic because I'm black and tall. I'm automatically assumed to be a ball player or you know, being an entertainer and so on and so forth. 
And I'm like, dude, I like to read and write like mm-hmm. a lot, <laughs> you know. Uh, but because I was not feeding into that stereotype, you know, people from other races had a problem with that. It's like, wait, you're not. This is not what I was taught. This is not what goes along with the program, you know, that they was, uh, you know, day after day was going along with. Um, so, like Jasmine said, you know, healthy conversation and actually accepting the truth, actually come in with an open mind. It's not, you know, telling other races, "Oh, we're better than you." And like that, it's like it's basically a bridge of understanding. You know, that's all we're trying to do. Absolutely, absolutely, and. Jasmine, you brought up a great comment. I was going to save it later, but I know I may as well discuss it now because it may get lengthy. So it just dawned on me. I did not. I haven't done a show um, since the inauguration. So let me um, backtrack and officially congratulate our new president of the United States, President Joseph R. Biden, and his beautiful vice president, Ms. Kamala Harris. Um such a and there is feedback noise coming from you all so i'm going to mute you all and then like i said we'll stick with that order so just unmute yourselves when it's time for you to speak and so such a moving time for our nation and so my next question is this when we think about the riots that took place on january the 6th believe it or not um I had an opportunity to talk to quite a few people because I'm a person, I love conversations, always have loved conversations, started before Perspective was even um, launched. And to our surprise, well, some of us would be, but then you really shouldn't. A lot of Blacks, they really believed that the they, they were shocked to know that those, um, that the attack on the Capitol happened. A lot of Blacks believed, they didn't believe that Trump was really evil as he was. And so we were talking about there has to be communication. And then I want to switch gears to another conversation. The value of people really opening their eyes to see how it is. Because um, I'm sure we all were raised like this. I was raised in a home. It is what it is. It may hurt. You know, it may take a moment for you to digest, but it is what it is. And so I think that when it comes to being black, I think a lot of times we see things. These things are all around us. These things are happening. But because sometimes it can be we take. uh, We like to keep giving people the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not saying stop doing that. But at some point, reality has to set in and say, hey. This is like happening. You have to get with the program. So how do we have these conversations with people that they just, they don't get it or they, they see it, but they really don't see it. How do we have those conversations? Well, I've had a couple of those conversations. (laughs) Um, with some of my, my, my brown, lovely black friends Mm -hmm. who are Republicans Mm -hmm. and, um, I, 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 I've, I've asked them, do you see the same comments that I'm seeing on the news every day? Do you see, 
um, the same tweets, you know, that our former president, you know, is putting out there in the universe. And um, I, these are the responses I get. I get, well, I don't have to like the man to appreciate all he's done for the country or uh, he's a good businessman. Um, and it's just like all these different excuses for bad behavior. Um, and, you know, I respect other people's opinions because that's one of the things that makes America great, I think. Mm -hmm makes this country great, that we are all entitled to our own opinions. We have the freedom to like something different, to agree, to disagree. Um, but I just, I can't co-sign on um, an individual who makes it very clear that, you know, he is not in support of brown and black people and what will make our lives better. Um, and and I don't understand it. I, can't, I Even the conversations I've had with the individuals who support this, it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but I, what I've just decided to do is just to agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I just kind of leave it there because I feel like I'll probably end up getting angry if I mm -hmm. keep going back and forth. Um, but yeah, I just respect others' opinions, but I don't understand it. I don't. I don't understand how you can support someone who has just been so ugly um, and hurtful and just not representative of the type of individual. I have a 15-year-old uh, girl, just not the individual I would want my daughter to look up to and and um, so I'll just leave it there that I, I've grown to respect other people's opinions, even though I don't understand it. and I don't I don't agree. Right. OK, okay. so, um, yeah, I for me, I just. Uh, so, OK. I'm in barbershop quartet, it's random, but um, uh, my barbershop quartet is all African-American, it's uh, for African-American women. And uh, we are, unfortunately, and fortunately, the, the first all black quartet um, singers to ever compete on any barbershop harmony society international stage. Okay. And that was in 2015. So that kind of goes to show you how something that was rooted in African-American roots in history changed by people taking genres away from black people, which is, we see that often. And then um, now, you know, us being kind of reintroduced to something that belongs to us and feeling like estranged in it, feeling like the all ball up. Anyways, um, said all that to say, um, this particular quartet, we have a program called Race and Hashtag Real Talk, where we talk about race relations in America through community music therapy. And if you want to know more about that, just ask me. But <laughs> anyways, um, we try to create the dialogue through building relationships first, because when you sing together, more than likely you're going to build relationships together because you're you're commonly around someone. 
um, and it's genuine relationships and not forced. I think the conversation comes from first really actually being able to befriend people without a motive of, oh, I want to know more about your culture or mm-hmm. I want I want to have the ability to say I have a black friend when a, when an argument comes up about me being racist or something like that. It needs to be something that's genuine. It needs to be something that is established naturally and in and, and good, and good intention. That's first for me. And then second, I would say, um, if you have the, the healthy spaces to have dialogue by building these friendships, I think that would only come from first being educated. Same thing I said last time is first being educated on what the truth is and not seeking out information that just affirms what you know and if, or what you think you know. Um, and I, I think we often seek to find people that just have like-mindedness and don't really have any opposition, but especially even for us as black people, it is good for us to be the ones that share the education to those who don't agree with you or those who think otherwise. It's good to be that person because would you rather it come from someone else besides you, like besides someone that looks like you? Would you rather someone else try to educate someone on your culture and they don't look like you and they're not a part of your culture? So I always rather be the person that's the advocate for my culture because I can speak better on something that I lived. You know what I mean? So that's for me, it's not always going to be us going to people that are having race issues and that kind of thing. I'll say race issues. Um, it's not going to be us. It really needs to be them coming to us. But I think that first starts with education again. Um, and getting rid of these, like our, our, our internet, our web, I know we have freedom of speech. We really need cleanup of like things like I mean, there could just come to me. It just comes a point in time where it's like the truth should not be the last thing you find. It, but that's often the case. So, um, yeah, Absolutely. I guess it's kind of back to yeah the other question there. <laughs> so, um, while I was thinking about you know um, the Black Republicans and you know the debate with you know other members of the Black community, all I could think about was. You know, the ongoing debate that was initiated between Booker T. Washington and W.B. Du Bois. Um, for those that I know, basically, uh, Booker T. Washington, he was all about economic, mm-hmm. you know, uh, progress. You know, still believe in separate equal, but if it's as long as we've got an opportunity to make something of ourselves economically, we're all good. While W.B. Du Bois, he felt that basically we still had to, you know, fight for our civil rights, still fight for political prowess, you know, so on and so forth. And even here in the 21st century, you're starting to still see that now, even with this past administration, uh, where, you know, basically Trump basically tried to do each and everything to make sure us as black people did not get, you know, the same equal rights like we did before. Yet we had black except enough ourselves economically, we're all good. You know, uh, so um, to answer the question, you know, once again, you know, it goes back to what Jasmine was saying as far as, you know, education, but also keeping an open mind that, you know, uh, it's not just about one individual. It's about a whole country. You know, how mm-hmm. do you make progress, you know, as not only as a community, but as a nation, you know, uh, we are, you know, we're under this uh, value of all men being created equal and so on and so forth. But yet, you know, we're still have this sense of competitions with, you know, one another, you know, so as long as, you know, we keep our open mind as far as, you know, discussing, you know, what is, you know, for the good, for the community and so on and so forth, a healthy conversation, 
you know, I think, you know, we should be all right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if anybody has any questions that you'd like to um, ask my guests, feel free to uh, post them in the comment section. I'll post them on the screen and we will tackle those questions and comments. I am putting um, comments on the screen, but please try to make sure that your comments are um, somewhat tasteful um, because it still is a public platform. So, um, yeah, that's how we'll do that. So the next question, and I posted Ella's comment because this was kind of the segue to one of my next questions. Um, the lyrics to the first chorus of Lift Every Voice and Sing, it says, facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on to victory is won. So when we think about the first half of those lyrics, if we think back to where we were in the last administration to the new presidential administration, we are facing the rising sun. And each day, because whether you voted for him because he was the best choice, I've heard several people say he was the lesser of both evils. That's a totally different uh, conversation because if we started that, that would take this whole show left field and we're not going to do that. Um, but regardless, is he's trying and you have to give him credit for that. We have been in a pandemic. It will be a year that I think it affected Alabama. I believe the date was uh, around March the 14th, to be exact. And we, several of you have lost family members. Several have lost friends. And not in talking about the deaths, it has just been life-changing for everyone. No one can say that anything that you do is the same. I know we would like to say that, but we have to face reality. And so my next question is, how do we move forward and how do we work together? And when I say we, I don't mean politicians because I think sometimes we as citizens of, of the United States of America, we miss it. Yes, the politicians, they have a part to play, but we have a part to play as well. And I'm not talking about protesting I know we love to have those conversations. Protesting is great. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But as funny man, Jermaine Johnson has said, if you're going to protest, your protesting needs to have a cause behind it. And then you need to bring about results. So my question to you, the panel, how do we move forward after this? I think um, moving forward, uh, we hold the new administration accountable, you know. Um, we don't assume that, you know, Biden's going to be 100% perfect because maybe we were not happy with Trump. Mm -hmm. um, whoever's in that seat, you know, we have to hold them accountable. I think, and then also, we have a responsibility, mm -hmm. Okay. Especially right now, we're in the middle of this pandemic. There's a lot of discussion about the vaccine and a lot of mistrust within the Black community about taking the, the vaccine. So we got that issue. We got the fact that this disease is really attacking our Black community at huge numbers. We have all of this misinformation out there. So we have a lot of things playing against us. So when I say we have to do our part, 
we got to do our own research, okay? Don't just watch the latest YouTube video and assume that whatever said in that video is the gospel truth. You know, mm -hmm. we have to go out and do our own research. We have to reach out to people in the medical community that we feel comfortable with talking to, um, doctors, um, family members, um, neighbors, whoever. We have to make the decisions that are best for us, not what Ray Ray said at the barbershop. Absolutely. We have to, we have to take accountability and responsibility and do our own research. Yes, I understand there's hesitancy. I'm familiar. I know my history. I know about the Tuskegee experiment. I know about the, the concerns that a lot of people in the black community have, and they are genuine concerns. But we have to do our part, okay? We got to do our part to educate ourselves and make the best decision for ourselves and our families. So sorry. Um, yeah, I would say everything you just said, first of all, that was spot on. Um, and I would to add to that, I would say, um, we have to start showing up for our local elections. Okay. A lot of the times we blame the things that we see in our personal environment on the president when they do not control your local laws. They don't control your state laws. That is really strictly and completely up to you going out and making that change happen in your community. We can't just always get people to come to the presidential vote. We need everyone to come to every time we have to vote because that's where we see our big change. I think that education in our community, first of all, of that, of just knowing that how much that affects our everyday sight or everything that our personal environments, um, that, you know, even down to uh, the issue with defunding the police, right? That was something that everyone was talking about um, for quite a bit of time. That also has to do with what you vote for in your local communities. These, these are people that are living outside of your community coming in and policing you. That is something you can vote about. That is something you can petition about. These are things you can go to your local uh, op local offices and talk about and, and complain about. Um, we don't complain in the black community. Thank you. Absolutely. We don't complain because we think that's, you know, we we're, I think we are conditioned to what we have always been in this country of keeping our head down and staying quiet. And we have to open our mouths if we want to see some change. Mm -hmm. We have to be a mouthpiece for ourselves. We can't expect other people to do it for us. And so that's why, you know, me personally, I definitely know that if if we start advocating and talking about coming out to these local elections, really speaking your piece and really calling in on your mayor and saying what's going wrong with your neighborhoods. That's the kind of stuff that's going to see. That's where you'll see some change. That's where you'll see direct change. And it will eventually, of course, get into the White House. It does go backwards. People think it comes from outward in. It goes backwards. What we do in our local communities actually do affect the laws that are being changed in the country. So that's why this is why those are important. So that's for me. Going forward, we have to show up to the polls past just president every four years. We have every, yeah, we, we have to show up. Yes, in midterm. Exactly. I saw that comment for you. Absolutely. And run. I saw that. And run. Yes. We are, we can hold these offices. These are our spaces that we are trying to occupy. It's not 
we're going in someone else's space. This is our space. We built that capital that they taught that they were trying to tear down. We built that with our hands. Our ancestors did that. So that's the kind of this is our country. As is, we we don't have to fight for something that is actually our right as well. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to piggyback on what the other panelists were saying, uh, another word that it comes up is consistency. You know, besides um, you know holding the government accountable and also holding ourselves accountable, we have to be consistent in you know voting and also running as well, because uh, that's how the Trump administration came about. Because you know we just assumed that you know uh, Hillary Clinton was going to win and so on and so forth, but look what happened. Absolutely. So as long as we be as long as we are consistent with our accountability and with our actions, we should be good. Absolutely. And I'm gonna talk about this for a while. Um, it's amazing how my guest jail, neither of you knew that um voting on local elections was about to where I was gonna make a comment on that was actually gonna be the next question, but we'll skip that. And you all are on it. We have to vote in local elections. I'm gonna put Queen's comment back up. Younger people, you have to be the catalyst. And when I say younger people, now these age demographics, you it's kind of being switched around. This is geared to my 28 and under crowd. This is geared to my 28 and younger crowd. Yes, we love new. Yes, we love never seen before. Yes, we love young, but you need to start doing research. Please, please, please. And this is not shade at anyone. It is honest to God truth. You need to do your research. And then on that same token, our older politicians that have been in office for a length of time, please don't shoot your younger generation down. Mm -hmm. They are not the future. They are the now Start talking to them, find out their likes, find out their interests, see what they think about things. You would be surprised. They're not the future. They are the now. Now, having said that, Birmingham, Alabama, I love you all. will always love you all, no matter where I go. I grew up there. You all have an election in August. I'm tired of seeing these posts. Do something about it. Do something about it. You have a mayor's election and you have a city council election. You're tired of the city council and you feel like you could do it better? You go run. I'm not going to say go run for mayor because there's already too many of y'all running. Love y'all, but it is. So, but if you feel like you could be a better, better city, city councilor and you meet the qualifications, you go run. Like Queen said, you know, we have to sometimes build up a level where we do more than talk but you have to let your walk match your talk. So that's the only way. And then I'll go a step further and we'll go to the next question. We all called each other for this last election because we understand the serious of the matter. Have that same attitude when it comes to your local elections. Think about Birmingham. There's been a lot of changes with the Birmingham city school system. So if you don't want your school to be taken over by the state as it has before, get these people out to these school board elections. If you're unhappy with some of the things that have been happening in city administration, get these people out to vote, get on the phone. And I'm serious. I, I, I heard a lot of pastors push, 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 push for the presidential election. Let's do that same for city elections. And it's not just Birmingham that counts to Hoover, Homewood, Vestavia. 
if you want change, you have to be the change and you have to be the catalyst for that change. We can't say that it won't happen because we just saw what happened in November because of our actions and what we did. We just have to be consistent. So the next question that we I want to go to, um, and I want to go back to Ella's question. Let's talk about how music for our culture, it really has shaped our society because I can even talk back to before I was born. Um, my mom and I were having a conversation a few weeks ago. We were talking about how uh, Marvin Gaye's songs like What's Happening Brother, What's Going On, uh, Mercy, Mercy Me. These are songs, uh, and Marvin died in the late 80s. And these songs some 30, 40 years later, and Marvin is just one of those artists. You know, Stevie Wonder wrote songs that made us think the Clark sisters, and these were ahead of their time. Here we are 30, 40 years later. These things are a lot of them are just happening. A lot of them are continuing to happen. So how important is it that we use our music and not just music, but now we're seeing a rise of um, African-American spoken word artists to use their words. We're seeing a lot more African-American playwrights, such as myself, to use our words. How important is it that we use these things as a catalyst for change? Uh, it's so important that we use our voice and our authentic voice. Um, if you think back to the civil rights movement during the Children's March, the radio stations, the DJs would play certain songs and those songs were cues for the children to know what to do, when to march, when not to march. Um, and so it, it has always, music has always played an important role in our lives back to slavery times and you know certain gospel songs they were really signaling each other and communicating with each other headed to the underground railroad there are just so many different things um that we uh, have contributed to this country um and i think that we should continue to use our authentic voice in whatever form um to, to express, to communicate and advance. Um, I, I'm, a hip, I'm a hip hop lover and, and we know the impact that hip hop has had on our community. Absolutely. The good, the bad and the ugly, you know? And um, so I think we, we just need to continue doing that. I think it's impactful. Um, many times if you, you listen to the lyrics you listen to the words, that's poetry in motion right there. Um, and I, I'm so proud of the young lady who, who participated in the um, inauguration. And, 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 yes. and I just saw like Maya Angelou, like looking at her, I'm mm -hmm. just like, this is Maya right yes. here, right now uh, for, for this gener generation. And I, I'm just so excited to see all that she's going to contribute because she's not done yet. She's just getting started and she's going to encourage other young people. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, I, I just hope if there's anyone who's listening to your show tonight, that they are encouraged to use their voice in any way, shape, form that they may have, whether it's singing, uh, rapping, poetry, whatever, um, to just use that voice and understand the, the the huge impact that you could have on someone in our society. Absolutely. 
I think it was Nina Simone that said um, that music should reflect the times um, mm-hmm. along the lines of that. Um, sure, don't quote me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I we see that. We see that history pairs well with art completely, right? And I think we're even starting to see that now too in our music. Um, slowly but surely. There's some things, you know, like was already said before that kind of, we know what has tainted our community. We know what, what areas have done some things. And I won't say tainted, I'll just say not being received in the right way. Right. So yeah. I'll say it that way instead. Um, because I, I think all art is valid. And I think, you know, first of all, I, I to encourage anybody that's listening that's thinking about pursuing music or thinking about going to school for music or, or taking up a class or whatever the case. Art is something that lives so long past you. Like you could be dead and gone from this world and your music can live three times, four times, five times longer than you did. Um, I mean, case in point, we're still playing music from the 1600s, 1700s. We're still playing, you know, I would like to see us play more from uh, outside of the European culture, but we will get there as far as playing older music and finding and discovering these composers and their scores and things of that nature. But anyways, music just always is that, music has always been that catalyst for change. Um, you know, it is very completely tied to our emotion. Um, and so how we feel for the day, we might say, oh, I want to listen to this kind of music today. Or, to, you know, I'm the type of person, I, I listen to anything, <laughs> anything. But um, but it depends. It depends on the mood. And, 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 and also when things are going on in the world, it makes me want to say things that I might not know how to say, just in, or I won't have a person to con- converse with that about. Write it down, sing it out, you know? So yeah, sing it out, play it out, whatever you gotta do to make that happen or uh, all of that, you know? Absolutely. Yes, of course, so, uh, you know, every action causes a reaction. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, uh, you know, everything around us, you know, uh, causes, you know, a new song, a new poem, or even a new play or a new, you know, a new art piece, you know, to be created. Uh, with that being said, you know, we're seeing that now, especially with, you know, the young, the young lady, um, Amanda Gorman, uh, that's her name, the uh, poet laureate. Uh, I mean, when was the last time you actually seen a poet actually perform during the Super Bowl? Absolutely. You know, that, you know, when I saw that, I, I couldn't, I couldn't help but smile. You know, now, now we're actually showing young people that, you know, no matter what art, no matter what talent, you can, it can open doors for you as long as you pursue it with faith and with passion and so on and so forth. Anything is possible. Uh, with, you know, the, the climate that's going on now, uh, obviously, you know, uh, music can definitely be a catalyst. It can actually be a therapy session for us. It can actually be, you know, an expression of, uh, you know, whatever's going on and so on and so forth. Uh, like Anna was saying uh, about hip hop, uh, the thing about was uh, Fight the Power, you know, by Chuck D and so on and so forth, how that was still an anthem for protests and so on and so forth, even now, you know. Uh, so I can only imagine what, you know, new songs or what new pieces will be created after, 
you know, everything that goes on. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can relate to that myself because like I said, um, if somebody had told me five years ago that my play would be, my company would be doing a virtual performance, I would have been like, yeah, right. But to actually say that I have done it, it's inspiration to keep pushing forth in the midst of a pandemic. So definitely can relate to that. So as we're preparing to wrap up the show, I want to close up by talking about some of the great things about our culture, because I I wanted to title that the title tonight, because I don't think that we do celebrate the dopeness of being black enough. We have things in our culture that other cultures can't cannot say. Yes, there may be other cultures that have food trucks, but look at how creative we become with our food trucks. Some of the things that we've seen with these food trucks is unheard of. And these food trucks and a lot of restaurant owners, don't y'all come for me, but it's the truth. They're kind of like hurting some of the traditional restaurants because they're just so popular and they're unique and it's giving people a chance, first of all, to see each other if you've been stuck in the house. And a lot of these food trucks have come up with ways to still make sure that you're socially distanced when they service you. So it's definitely a great experience. And we can't forget about the bands, the HBCU games. Yeah, I know Magic City Classic, it will be totally different this year. But guess what? It won't be like that forever. Just an experience like none other our music, our concerts. So I want each of you to tell me your favorite thing that you can think about. Um, Our movies. Yeah, I forgot to add that. There's so many things. So I want each of you to um, briefly talk about your favorite one or two um, experiences when it comes to being Black and how have they shaped your life? Oh my goodness. That's... Ooh, that's a huge question. <laughs> greatest, because I've had a lot of great experiences. Mm-hmm. So to sum them up, you know, it's like, I don't have just one. Like right. I have several, several great experiences. Um, hmm. You might have to come back to me. I have a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have just one. Okay, I can come back to you. You can do two, so I can definitely come back to you. Yeah, come back to me. Okay. I would say, look how much we can invoke change, not just for our own culture, but for other cultures that Mm -hmm. may be disenfranchised or may be oppressed um, from our civil rights movement so many have been able to receive things that like it's true is it not and and right. from their help as well um you know we we have always been the voice for the for the oppressed especially in this country we 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 are the voice for it right. and so you know when we see injustices in other communities and other cultures we are speaking about that as if we have our own even solved isn't that interesting how we can do that but i think that that and the resiliency we have to keep bouncing back no matter how, I mean, and we've seen it, so it, it's tiring, it's exhausting. It is exhausting to experience it over and over and have to keep pushing and people just expect you to continue. But 
still we rise, like Maya Angelou says, still we rise. And I think that is such an amazing thing about us that we are able to not only continue to move forward, but to also keep others moving forward with us. And I, to me, that's, to me, that's leadership. That's what I see. Um, and that's, to me, that's good leadership. Not, I'm going to step ahead of you and bring you behind me. We're bringing people with us. And so, um, yeah, that's revolutionary. That's who we are. Okay. Absolutely. I always believe that we are a culture of in spite of uh -huh. uh, where, you know, basically in spite of everything that we're going through and so on and so forth, we still arrive, we still overcome, we still make it, you know, uh, and we even, you know, we still see it now, even with, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris, even in spite of everything that was thrown at her, she was still able to, you know, walk in, you know, and hold office. Same thing with President uh, Barack Obama, uh, and even Biles, you know, who is like the greatest athlete ever, but they still changing, you know, rules because of the fact that she's a great gymnast, you know, yep. and she still wins multiple, multiple gold medals, so on and so forth. Uh, so uh, when I think about, you know, our resiliency, uh, like uh, Jasmine was saying, and then also thinking about how magical we make it while being resilient, you know, I just, I'm just proud of us, you know, so. Absolutely. I didn't have my mic on. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I agree with every, all the panelists and everything that it has been said. Um, I think this is a great time to be black. Yes. I, I love how we are embracing our uniqueness and not um, feeling the pressure to conform to what others look like and how others speak and how others dress. And, you know, I, I'm just loving, I think this is a great time to be Black. It's a great time to have a black owned business. It's a great time. Um, I'm so proud to have a daughter who's a teenager who can cut on the television and see a vice president. It looks like her. Um, I just, I think it's a great, great, great time for us um, and how we are embracing who we are. And I can't wait to see what happens next. I really can't. I think um, there are going to be even more firsts. Mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, you know, Kamala is just the beginning. And I think a lot of people will be inspired by all of the many accomplishments and, and contributions that we have made. And I'm just so thankful that we are at this great place. Now, no, everything's not perfect. Right. But I think we're at a stronger place. Um, as individuals where we don't see our differences as weaknesses, but as strengths. And the, my curly hair is not a bad thing. It makes me different. Right. This is who I am. And uh, I, think, I think that's great. I really do. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And so very quickly, because somebody just um, texted me, they said, well, you're asking them, what are two things that you're proud of? Um, so like you all have said, our determination, and that is actually how we will close out the series on the 22nd. We'll talk about the hope and determination of being Black. Um, but in addition to that, I would say our creativity are uh, for those who aren't following um, my business page, Divine Vision Entertainment, LLC. Please make sure you do. Every day this month, we are featuring and highlighting a uh, musical that was done on Broadway or an off-Broadway stage play. And even putting this together, some I knew about, some I'm just learning, is blowing my mind to know that we've been creative. If we be honest, Lorraine Hansberry started this in 1959 with The Raisin in the Sun. Yeah, that had, there had been some other Black plays written before that, but to know that a Black woman was on Broadway in 1959, that's huge. And to know that it's still going on almost uh, 63 years later is huge. So please follow my page, and I'm actually sharing them on my personal page. I want everyone to see this because these are moments that we should be proud of. And so to close out this segment, um, I want each of you, because each of you are uh, business owners in your own, own right, you do offer things to the public in or ways that the public can take part of what you offer. I want each of you to tell us a little bit about your business, and then we will prepare to receive our surprises. So we'll start with, we'll continue in the same order that we've been in. Rhonda, you're muted. Can you hear me now? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> my name's Rhonda Robinson, the owner of Carmine Communications. I'm a certified digital marketer, former television anchor reporter. I'm a media maven, I'm telling you. I enjoy telling the stories of my clients and getting them the exposure they need to have customers walking through the door. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Carmine Communications, and it's spelled C-A-R-M-I-N-E Communications. Awesome. Hi, everyone. I'm Jasmine Barnes. Um, I'm a composer. I'm a singer. I'm an educator. Um, I am... There's so many things that go in my head. Okay. My website for composition is jasminebarnescomposer.com. It's pretty easy. Um, it's like all compacted. Um, and uh, I'm the head of composition and jazz voice here at Booker T. Washington High School for Performing and Visual Arts in Dallas, Texas. It's such a long, long name, okay? <laughs> um, but yes, that's what I do. And then I'm a singer, um, and you can find me on Instagram or Facebook as well at uh, at Jazzy B Singer. Um, Jazzy, J-A-Z-Z-Y, B-E, like Barnes, and then singer all together. Um, yeah, I I just love music. I love anything about it. My like whole life is like kind of just kind of wrapped in it. So yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, um, my name is uh, Carrie Brackett, also known as uh, Poet Carrie B. That's my artist name. Uh, I am a poet, obviously, also a professor of uh, English and poetry over at Miles College. Uh, me and my wife also own uh, the Majesty Lounge over in Bessemer, Alabama. Uh, we created uh, the Majesty Lounge, you know, to be, pretty much be a venue for all artists of all genres. 
Uh, we want it to be, you know, a local home for all the artists. So if you do poetry, if you do music, if you do comedy, even dance, we even had a dancer, you know, come in and, you know, do their thing. Uh, we would love to have you at our venue. Uh, you can visit us at our website, majesty-lounge.com. Um, we have uh, shows coming up. Um, we also have, you know, a nice little gift shop, you know, where we sell shirts and hats and other type of swag, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, we're actually starting a open mic uh, on the 19th of this month. So, you know, if you are in a local area and you're interested in performing, just let us know. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I want to thank each of you for um, being with me again this evening. What a great way to come back after uh, somewhat of a hiatus. And it does my heart great. So, and like I said, this conversation is continuing the remainder of the month. On next week, we're going to talk about the struggle of being Black. And then on the 22nd, we'll close off with the determination of being Black. And so next week, I do want to go ahead and set a disclaimer. Um, that topic, it may be emotional to some. If you're one where you can't watch it live, understand, I get it. Um, won't hold it against you. Um, you may have to come back and watch it later. But um, Or you may need some tissue. I'll say that. Uh, we have some guests on next week that are really going to like tell it like it is and share their stories and their struggles. Again, uh, kudos to my guests for joining tonight. And as always, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Everything is under Divine Vision Entertainment. And for more information, you can check out our newly formed website, divinevisionent.com. And let me say this. It's amazing to have people that care about you because this is something I was not going to do because I did not want people to think that I was using this platform for a motive and an agenda. That is not me. But I'm saying this tonight because y'all, I have people that genuinely care and you won't leave me alone. So for those of you who asked, um, this is not a mandatory, this is not an appeal. But if you feel so inspired by the content that you hear during our live video uh, podcast, there's, there's the Cash app. Feel free to sow. Um, it would mean a lot. And if you don't use Cash App, don't worry. We are getting a, another platform where you could sew. So at this time, the moment that I've been waiting on past this show, um, I'm going to take Rhonda backstage because she didn't even know about this. Um, but at this time, these two people, uh, they're actually going to perform to close out our show. I said that we can't go anywhere during Black History Month, so we're going to bring entertainment to you. So we're actually going to start with, let me make sure my sound is perfect. So we're actually, I'm going to bring Jasmine down too. And I'm going to, um, you won't see me anymore after I introduce them. I'll let Jasmine stay while I introduce her. Um, so first, poet Carrie B, he's going to do an original spoken word piece called Voices in the Black. Um, he's already introduced himself. And then Jasmine, Jasmine is going to close out with a mini concert medley. Um, we talked about music, so I wanted us to close on a musical note tonight. So without further ado, after um, Jasmine finishes, that will be it for the show. Thank you again for watching. And as always, as I say, keep the faith. And at this time, Carrie B, prepare to take it away.
The sounds of some of the greatest minds are as soft as the drop of a flower petal. I remember them vividly. Malcolm X, Langston Hughes, W.B. Du Bois, Paul Lawrence Dunbar, and other Black intellectuals of our beloved history, taking me to a level of consciousness that I was not aware of. Sometimes even at those harder times when I was barely surviving as a Black guy, I reside my mind during the wee hours of the night, just for Frederick Douglass to tell me how he survived or when Richard Wright taught the ethics of living Jim Crow, studied Owen Owen Dotson's prose analyzed Claude McKay's pen strokes. Also, I can consume my red pill to find how deep the rabbit hole goes. A Morpheus mindset, unplugging the masses from trained psychology while uplifting them consciously. So when I speak, my tongue rolls with the linguistics of Garvey and King. I write with the ink of Whitson, retraining my mind after 12 years of being miseducated. Yet I'm dedicated with my articulation while practicing virtues of hard work, faith, and patience. See, these voices stay in my ear like Bluetooth, yet the push that they give me is all hands-free. True music to me, yet it's a cappella. Nothing but success for this Birmingham fella. Receiving and sending positive vibes like my pen was the antenna. It all started all that moment, that first moment. When I opened to the first page to hear what these Black voices had to say, I roared with a line within me to take my place as king. Education is the passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare today. No wonder I can't remember the last time I've actually laid in my bed and slept to be the best to my final breath, to touch someone's life even after my death, to I write and rock the stage, give it my best to the point where at that moment in silence, someone else can hear me amongst these Black voices. No one makes me Oh, divine. 
song i'm actually going to sing the acapella a little bit of cb wonder we talked about him earlier so all right as the sun goes round the earth no seat she's revolving and the rosebuds know the bloom in the early may just as hate knows loves the cure you can rest your mind ashore that I'll be loving you always. Justice now can't reveal the mysteries of tomorrow. Oh, but in passing, we'll grow older every day. Just as all is point is do, do, no one else is true. That I'll be loving you always until the rainbow burns the stars out in the sky. Always until the ocean covers every mountain high. Always until the dolphin flies and parrots live at sea. Always until the dream of life and life becomes a Dream. All right, and for my last song, hope you guys enjoyed that first of all. Um, for my last song, it's actually going to be another Stevie Wonder song, which I hold true and near and dear to my heart. And for that one, I'm actually going to play a track. Give me one second. All right, so do y'all know, don't you worry about a thing? Because that's my jam. And we are going to jam out to that. Yes. All right, I'm trying to find it, but you know what? I'm just going to do that on acapella too because I don't want to take too long. All right. Everybody's got a thing. But some don't know how to handle it. We're always reaching out in vain. Just taking the things now we're there. Don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing, mama. Cause I'll be standing on the side when you check it out. They say a style of life's a drag, and that you must go other places. Oh, but just don't you feel too bad when you get fooled by 
the smiling faces. Don't you worry about a thing. Woo! Don't you worry about a thing, mama. Cause I'll be standing on the side. We'll check it out. When you get off, when you get off your trail. Thank you, thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this evening. Thank you for listening. You guys were amazing. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me. Signing out, Jason Barnes. <laughs>